I totally forgot to do this when we opened up the show. We hadn't done this in a while. We need to ask Coach Tang, is it a great day to be a Wildcat? <laughs> it's a great day to be a Wildcat! Well, there you have it. Yes. It is another great day to be a Wildcat, and welcome into Hour 2 of the game. It is the game after work. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, David G. Sajay Williams is here as well. It's been a quiet day, a quiet day in sports, especially around here. Mm-hmm. Very quiet. Drum Tang, as a matter of fact, is with the Cab Bankers Tour. I saw some videos earlier today. Mm-hmm. They were in Emporia mm-hmm. and it received a standing ovation. I know they're also going to be in Kansas City tonight. They had to shift over to Legends and uh, and the uh, soccer stadium. For Children's Mercy. Mm-hmm. CM Park. Oh, boy. That's the that's the Twitter handle CM Park. I like that. I I'm, like not, that. I'm not making that up. No, that is I know what it, it is. I know it is. I know it it's is. Of I'm course, confused just, with CM Punk. Yeah. See, that's yeah. I knew why he remembered this. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, DG, uh, have you thought about that? Uh, I invited him to AEW a couple of weeks in Kansas City. I've not heard back. I have. Yeah. I, uh, sorry. I knew he needed to ask for permission. I have to have permission. <laughs> and I know that might be a hard yes to get. It's a hard sell. That's a tough sell. You think it's a tough sell now? Just wait. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> You're never going to leave. Uh, please, can I walk outside to get the mail? Now! Nah, she's not like that. You're really going to get yourself. <laughs> You're going to find out how hard it is to leave here real quick. <laughs> she's nice. She doesn't <laughs> treat me bad or kick me. She, she's oh, all right. Man. She lets me watch TV sometimes. She lets right. me watch TV and do things sometimes. <laughs> Every once in a while. You know. Oh, man. I get two minutes to myself. <laughs> Hour two of the game still to come. As I mentioned, it's a it's a quiet day for K-State athletics. I will mention that um, I thought it was interesting the NFL is looking to change the Pro Bowl again. Listen, guys, I have a great idea for it. I'll mention that in the next segment. We still have number one song of the day and ask us anything. Now, Troy, I knew this used to be a weekly segment, but I got to ask. We haven't talked about it yet. You have anything to say about the Royals' loss last night? Just get it out. I know you need to vent. I, I'm holding my words just to ensure because be, between the news of the day and this, I'm kind of hot. Yeah. Oh, oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm dang glad I didn't stay up to watch it. We'll we'll start with that. Yeah. What was first pitch? Nine something. Eight forty. Eight forty. Dang. Eight forty. They're in Arizona. Uh, but because it's summer, they're on Cali time. Right. So, yeah. Um. Arizona's twenty two and twenty two. Royals are now fourteen and twenty seven. Arizona is is playing over its skis right now. They are playing exceptional baseball in the grand scheme of things and have been a surprise in the National League West. I am going to give them credit. What the hell happened to Zach Grenke last night, I do not know. You figure that your quote unquote ace is going to be able to hold on to a four run lead that you gave him before he even took to the mound. Nope, can't do that. Yeah. And from there, it was all downhill. They, so, I mean, you gotta, <laughs> there's not a whole heck of a lot that can be said about that. Three home runs in the top of the first inning. In the top Kansas of the City. first inning. Whit Merrifield homered on the first pitch. Three home runs in the first 13 pitches last night. And they can't hang on. 
By the way, also you got to bring up Whit Merrifield how he scored in the second. Yeah, did you cool. see that? that yes, cool. I did. That was beautiful. That was awesome. Couple of th- was there two throwing errors, or did yes. they just give the one? So two throwing errors that advanced him to third and home. Yep. Just wild. Just like it was just chaos, but with the Diamondbanks defense, and yet they still lost. Ugh. The thing is, Zach Greinke, I don't, he just cannot catch a break. No, no, he finally he finally gets some offense, and his game stunk. Yeah, seven runs allowed in three and two thirds. Mm. Brings his ERA over four and a half, which is still better than most of the staff. It just got it's it's got to happen. It's got to be a clean. They got a clean house. There's bad juju on this team. Bad juju. Get rid of them all. Get out. Everybody gone. I mean, we brought that up yesterday, and I I like to give Troy the floor to talk Royals, especially after mm-hmm. a loss. Mm-hmm. Sundays hurts me still more than than last night's does. Yeah, because let's be perfectly honest. Last night's last night's is an utter complete failure. The Royals had 12 hits last by night. the pitching staff. They hit the ball well last night. That that pitching staff should have been able to hang on, and you expect your ace to be able to hold on to that lead. Well, here's the and punch in the gut. And it didn't happen. So Not much you can do about that. What's the new hitting coach's name again? Alex something or other? Zumwalt. Zumwalt. I, I'd mentioned when he, he's come aboard now, he's been with the team, what, with a, a week now? Maybe not even, mm-hmm. but close to it? Yeah. I've seen like a spark. I've seen like yeah. a, the the offense has been a little bit better. Like it's been the weird spark. You know, you just throw some other guy in the in the spot in the coaching spot, and all of a sudden they're hitting better after a, just one change. Yeah, he ain't done anything yet. He, it's already better. And the Royals had twelve hits last night. It's crazy. But how many did they leave on base? Thirteen. Yeah. That yeah. is brutal. Ugh. How many walks did the Diamondbacks give up last night? Five. Oh my god. So that's the deal. So now they they have impressed impressed. They have uh, improved. On now they're getting hits and base runners. They just can't bring them around. Uh, By the way, the Royals tonight. What time do they play again? Eight forty. You 840. said eight forty. Gets And then they have to go up to Minnesota to play four. And starting on Thursday. So now Royals have lost five in a row. Have they? And you're and you're Seven just about nine. and you're just about set to have to go face the team that took three from you over the weekend in your own building, and they're the division leader. Thank you, you so much for that Royals report. There, yeah, Charlie. that was awesome. Uh, DG was awesome. have something? It's just he's funny. Just in pain is what he's doing. Yeah, here. it's just funny. What was it? Two seasons ago, the Twins were in the tank. I mean, they were horrible. Well, it was also two seasons ago. Of course, that was a shortened year for COVID. Right. But that was like the one year since Cal Eldred has become the pitching coach. That pitching was actually decent. Like, it was it was optimistic for 2021 mm-hmm. after that 2020 season. Yeah. Was, not only was it optimistic, but you had a lot of young guys mm-hmm. on, that, on that roster. So you felt pretty solid about what was to come. And ever since, it, is, it stunk. Mm-hmm. It is stunk. Again, pitching coach needs changing. That's a given. Manager, I would not cry if that would be a change. Nobody there. would. Nobody would. Nobody would miss him. No, no. And and it still there was a reason why he was ousted in St. Louis. It was because his teams tailed off from the talent that they had when he took that job. 
And from what Tony La Russa did with that franchise, it tailed off and it tailed off quick under Mike Matheny. And he had talent there. He just didn't manage it well. Mm. And, well, okay. Now we, yeah, have this debacle going on. I do want to mention some K-State baseball. Because tomorrow we will not have a show. The Cats going to be playing in the Big 12 championship in Arlington, Texas, Globe Life Field. And they're going to be taking on the, I think they're eighth right now in the country, but that's Texas Tech, who is the two seed. That'll be a tough matchup. K-State went to Lubbock earlier this year, and it did not go well. Mm. Um, As a matter of fact, K-State, if they win or lose, will play either Oklahoma or West Virginia. K-State just got done being swept by West Virginia and Morgantown. Against those three teams, K-State is a combined one and eight. All nine of those games were on the road. And K-State has already played at Globe Life Field, and they went 0-3. It has not been a good year for the Cats on the road. They've been 6-20. and However, fingers crossed, you hope you get some of that magic they had last year in uh, at Bricktown. They're at a Chickasaw, Chickasaw Bricktown Ballpark in Oklahoma City where they uh, they surprised TCU a little bit after winning the series against TCU the weekend prior. That's right. And they made it all the way to the well second to last day, and they are one win away from going on to the championship as a seven seed. Well, K-State happens to be a seven seed. We do not know the pitching matchup yet, but earlier today it was announced that four Wildcats have been named to all Big 12. Dylan Phillips. Your man, either usually the three or four spot in the batting order, and your first baseman. He is second team all Big 12. You have third baseman Kalen Culpepper, shortstop Nick Goodwin, and left fielder Dom Johnson. They've all been named honorable mention, with Kalen Culpepper also being named to the all freshman team. I find everything about that unsurprising. Probably right where I would put everything. Now, Dom Johnson being named honorable mention. If you considered what he did mostly in just non-conference play, he is a lot more than honorable mention. However, in conference play, he didn't have the numbers that stayed consistent with his non-conference play. Conference play, I mean, K-State altogether, when it comes to the bats, only had one guy in the top 35 in the conference individually in batting average. And that happened to be Kalen Culpepper. Hmm. Kalen Culpepper has been phenomenal at third base. I don't know if you could have found a better guy at that young of age, like we're talking a true freshman, to come in and take over for Cam Thompson, who set a lot of records at K-State. He has played more games. He started every game in his K-State career. And he has to take over for a guy like that. And I think Cam, or Kalen rather, has played in every game but one for K-State this year. And he has been phenomenal. And he's earned all Big 12 honorable mention. That's a great start for a freshman. Dom Johnson, however, I mean, I would not be surprised if he, he's not back next year because he is projected to go in the draft, and he's projected to be first seven or eight rounds, maybe even sooner than that, which was a slight surprise to me, but he certainly deserves it. The transfer from Oklahoma State, first year as a cat, has had a phenomenal year. Nick Goodwin, honorable mention, again, he probably could have had a better spot on the All-Big 12 if he didn't have so many mistakes in the field this year, he had a lot of errors. Uh, I think he was tied for the most errors in the Big 12 this year. I'm not I'm not 100% on that, but I know it was in that area. 
But man, Nick Goodwin at the plate had such an, a bizarre way to finish the season at home. I mean, his back-to-back series against Kansas and also the final series against Baylor where he was struggling. Mm-hmm. He was really struggling at the plate, and then all of a sudden he comes up in the final game and hits a go-ahead home run in this Baylor series. The, the last it was a grand slam, Oof. and they come back, win those games, and they win the series. I mean, he has come through in the clutch when they needed him the most. Dylan Phillips is K-State's all-time leader in home runs. And also a little bit down the stretch, he had struggled at the plate a little bit, but he's been nails in the field. Hardly saw him in the in the outfield at all this year. He's been primarily first base with the injury to Terrence Sperlin. And him and Terrence Sperlin not being able to play all year other than a, like an inning in the first game of the series, uh, first game of the season in Arlington. But K-State, I mean, I would not count them out to make some sort of similar run. Like they have the talent. Now you also notice they have the talent at the plate and on the field. But on the mound is where it gets a little bit shaky. You'll notice that K-State did not get anybody on the All-Big 12 teams on the mound. I thought maybe Blake Corsentino could maybe get in there. But he didn't pitch a ton of innings in Big 12 play coming out of the bullpen. But K-State didn't get any other starters. I think Connor McCullough would have been the closest to get in there. If K-State can have a good start on the mound, get some quality innings, out of the starters, Blake Adams. It'll be most. I, I would imagine either Blake Adams, Griffin Hassel, uh, and then throwing Connor McCullough. Two of those three will most likely start. Maybe Hermann Fajardo. I don't know. He would be maybe the fourth on my list. But two of those guys are going to definitely play. They're going to start if they can get quality innings. If they could get to five, six innings, and go to Blake Corsentino. Ty Rule, go to those guys in the bullpen. K-State has a fighter's chance of having success in the Big 12 tournament. The only way, though, they can play postseason after the tournament is they win it all. Very, very unlikely that happens with the talent the Big 12 has this year with like three teams in the top 10 and four teams that are ranked. So there you have it. It's going to be entertaining. I did one of those things again where I just keep talking and talking and don't let you guys get two cents in. And I probably <laughs> okay. said and I probably said everything. No, I, I no. I, I look forward to the excitement of the tournament. I hope that okay, yep, you know, tomorrow's one thing matched up with a Texas Tech team that had its number earlier in, in Lubbock. But there's definitely with a double elimination tournament, there's an opportunity to make some things happen again. And the cats took advantage of that chance last year when they got into that bracket. Can I ask a dumb question? It depends on how dumb it is. Are the Cats on T are they on ESPN plus every game? Or is every one of their games televised? I think everything but like what we saw in Oklahoma when they played against the Sooners, that was like on Bally Sports. Okay. But, but yeah, I mean all the, like the Big Twelve tournament games, they'll be on ESPN plus unless ESPN has a there's like, something planned for ESPN U or something. Like their regular season though is all ESPN plus. Like you yes. can get every because I'm gonna be honest. I think I hear every, new names every year. I I don't know. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of turnover from it, last year. It's it just if for a fan's sake, for someone who isn't super into K K Z baseball, I struggle with it because I don't know any of the guys. I don't know anybody. The guy Jordan Wicks, that guy was cool, man. You know, he got drafted. And that was awesome. 
Past that, I don't know anybody. And I feel bad because I want the guys to do good and I want K-State to be awesome at everything. But sometimes it's like, I wish that we would have more Jordan Wicks, you know, like just people hanging out for four years. Well, I know, like, and I know that's Coach Hughes, Coach Hughes, Buck Taylor. I, th- that, those are guys I definitely want to establish, like, where they start is pitching. Right. And they want the pitching staff to be solid. Unfortunately, this year, just, and I know they had a guy this year go through Tommy John surgery. He was expected to be a key role in maybe the, the weekend rotation or, uh, you know, just be a very key player when it comes to the pitching staff. And that's where it hurt K State this year a little bit, but I mean I don't want that to be the only excuse or the, like be an excuse sure. for that. Um, but yeah, there was a lot of turnover. I mean Cameron Woolman, who played at second base last year, uh, he ended up going to New Mexico, um, so he left, and that wasn't to be expected. I know they thought Eric Torres out of the bullpen might come back, but he ended up getting drafted. He stuck with that. Um, K State did go heavy in the transfer portal. Jeff Heinrich. We've seen him play in right field this year. Um, Justin Mitchell, a catcher, uh, he has been a he's been a starter this year. Um, of course, um, um, Josh Nikoloff, who's been gr- I'm surprised. So Josh Nikoloff was maybe the surprise that I did not see listed. I was a little bit surprised. Josh Nikoloff, who has played second base a little bit of first when Dylan Phillips usually goes to pitch, that Josh Nikoloff did not get on there on uh, on at least honorable mention. I thought he had a solid year. Coming into K State, and he hadn't played baseball in a couple of years, mm. and he comes in and he, he had a solid year. That's a name you've mentioned a lot, and even Coach Hughes has said his name a few times. I'm somebody. I'm going to say it right here, right now. Starting with tomorrow, I'm watching K State baseball more. I'm going to watch tomorrow and the next season. I'm going to be the biggest fan you've ever seen in your life. Well, and, and baseball, especially at the college level, like even though of course you support them, but it's it's just one of those sports where if they're not like crazy good, you just yeah. don't keep up with like there's a reason why there's just it's a 2000 seater yeah. at Toyton Family Stadium, a little bit more than that, but oh, you know, I'm it's a- just it it's not it's not followed as closely as of course men's basketball and football is. Right. It just isn't. And they also haven't had the most success, you know, right. in the last since I've been I'm gonna, well, I'm, yeah, I was going to say, K-State's baseball history has been lackluster mm-hmm. for the vast majority of it. And you know, when you were in college, the, the first the first uh, bit of construction for Toynton oh. was taking place. Yeah. When I was in college, it was barely a three-booth press box that was ramshackle and... The bleachers were leftovers from Ahern. Oh, wow. Oh. So, you know, it was... This This is where Mike did such a great job with that program for so many years. And I love the fact that he's in still in the athletic department as a fundraiser because, uh, you know, he, he really fought to keep that program going at a time that you wondered if it was going to keep going. And they even sacrificed two full seasons for the construction of the original Toynton. They had to play in varied places that included St. Joe, Missouri for home games. Wow. Uh, They played at Eisenhower in some of their non-conference. I remember that. Because they had no place to play. I remember that. Yeah. You know, and and St. Joe is an adventure 
uh, concrete outfield walls and the light standards are in play. Oh, God. I've called games over there. It's a beautiful old ballpark, but it definitely wasn't a Big 12 standard. Sure. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, and you know, there were a lot of sacrifices made even to get this program to where it is now, which is part of why I love the fact that, uh, you know, the, the, the last couple weekends out at Toynton were such fun in terms of the crowds. Oh, I, I said it earlier this year, a couple of weeks ago when I was talking to Coach, I was like, I felt like this year's crowd has been – just a notch above what I've previously experienced nice. at the Toint and since I've been doing public address announcing. That's why Coach Hughes calls it the Toint. The Toint. And it's kind of stuck with me. Yes. I, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, I, not, I want people out there who are like me who haven't been keeping up, Next, starting this tomorrow and then next season, I'm going to be an insane K-State baseball fan. I'm going to be getting in arguments with you guys. And we're going, no, no, that ain't right. <laughs> you don't know what you're even talking about, Troy. You know, and like just like, Sage, take us to break. You know, because I'm going to be all in, baby, baby. Uh, you know, it, it still amazes me that you had Craig Wilson, who was an All-American caliber shortstop uh, in this program at a time that this program again, was being hugely questioned whether even it would continue to exist. That was at the time that you saw Iowa State drop their program mm. um, in, the, in the late 80s, early 90s. And there had to be questions at that time. A guy like Craig Wilson got eaten up on his own home field by how bad the field was Man. at times. Um, I, that was a great... I, I've got a, a, a great sound clip of... And it's buried in my collection somewhere because I had some fun with it back then. Gene Stevenson at Wichita State literally was calling for all K-State, Wichita State games to be contested in Wichita from there on out because the field at Frank Myers Field was so bad. Wow. But now we got the Cadillac of uh, Big yeah. 12 stadiums. Exactly. Yeah. In Manhattan, Kansas. Yes. With a jungle gym. With yeah. jungle, how many how many how many, how many oh. fields you see out there? How many stadiums oh. have jungle gyms? None. The electronic scoreboard stopped working. They built a hand operated scoreboard down the right field line. Uh-huh. Had that for three years. Wow. By the way, I'm stoked that Boozer Family Park, the soccer stadium, is going to get a a, a jumbotron as well. Video board. Whoa. I'm really excited about that, dude. Nice job. There's only a, a couple of schools out there in the Big 12 for soccer that have video boards. Right All right. On. How about the time? We got carried away. All right. So, Let's like what weird. DG said, I'm going to tell Sage to take us to break when we come back. I have an idea to make the Pro Bowl for uh, the NFL a lot better. That's next. Just learned that uh, a couple of uh, former K-State soccer players are now playing in the pros in Europe. Uh, Brooklyn Ince is I, – I haven't had a chance to read this uh, article yet, but uh, Brooklyn Ince is playing over in Europe, and so is Silke Bonin, who is also – she's from Europe, um, and she's from Denmark, and they're playing over in Europe right now professionally. So Dude. I'll catch up on that a little bit later, but I did just want to bring it to people's attention that uh, a couple of former cats over there playing in Europe professionally. Of course, uh, Brooklyn Ince was an NWSL draft pick by the Kansas City Current Mm -hmm. in 2021. Right on. Uh, The Pro Bowl. Interesting news was brought up as the NFL owners are going to try to go over new ideas of what they can do with the Pro Bowl. Um, Of course, you know, the the current format, they just play a game. It's super boring. They don't really – it's not 100% – 
Defense don't want to hurt anybody. Offense right. doesn't want to get hurt. They want to take those big hits. Yeah, to me, it's kind of a waste of time. Like it's cool. Like if you were there and you could go to it, you could see some of these guys like play in person. But it, after like two quarters, it's not really that interesting. You lose no. interest. Who cares? Right. Now, I think earlier today, Chad Johnson actually came up with a pretty solid idea is that they should just kind of switch it over to flag football and play it that way and just have the AFC compete with the NFC. You know what? Here's my idea to all this. Here's how you make it interesting. Sure, you can play a flag football game. What I think it should be is I think it should be a series of games, but not just flag football. Throw in like uh, you can just a few ideas, a dodgeball game, which they do. But also throw in like tug of war, throw in a softball game, make it a series of different games like an Olympics, and you have the AFC versus the NFC, and they determine by all these events on who is the superior, is it the AFC or the NFC, you could maybe put a point system on these games, because here's the deal, it, it, the big difference between the Pro Bowl and also the All-Star game in MLB and NBA, it's not in the middle of the season. Mm-hmm. It's at the end. The playoffs are over. It's between the playoffs and the Super Bowl. And it's with a bunch of players that just want to get on with their offseason. Yeah, their vacay. And enjoy some time. But it's something fun to watch. I think that adds to the fun element and the athletes actually taking it seriously. Because there's bragging rights on the line. You could put certain pro bowlers in one game and put some others in another game. So you have different faces and different names in in different games. Like just it. something I'm tr- I'm just spitballing, throwing the idea out there. Mm-hmm. I think it should be considered by the owners and then to make it a little bit more interesting. Very little football is involved. Right. But it's also at the end of the year. Just make it something different. Maybe you could put something on the line. It doesn't need just to be a football game, in my opinion. Let me offer this idea. It'll be too old for either of you. Bring back the competition that was known as Superstars from the 70s and 80s. It was made for TV. Mm -hmm. Dick Button, the ice skater, actually came up with the idea, shopped it around to all three networks, ABC bid on it, and turned it into a primetime series for a bit. But... You know, think of think of Wipeout just that it was more actually uh, sporting involved rather than giant balloons punching at people and those types of things. So an obstacle course, races, it was celebrities and athletes both involved in it, and it was a team event. Yeah. Throw that in there as well. How about some American Gladiator events? I remember... The the clip that I saw of the Superstars thing, um, it was Bill Simmons wrote a, a huge thing about it. And when Gabe Kaplan from Welcome Back, Cotter beat Robert Conrad in a, in a foot race. Yes. Robert Conrad, at the end of the day, was like being tough and cool and was like, I challenge you to a race. Yeah. And Welcome Back, Cotter beat him. It was that, amazing. That was the, that was basically the spinoff where it was the, the Battle of the Network Stars. Oh, that's right. That's yeah, yeah. Same, but same concept. Right. Same concept, but they would do it as as ABC, NBC, and CBS teams. My only thing with any competition when it comes to, like, football, I always go back to the Robert Edwards injury. 
Robert Edwards mm-hmm. was a kid out of Georgia, drafted by the Patriots in the mid to early nineties. Um, he was on his on his way to being a superstar. They were playing flag football in the sand and completely crushed his leg. Yeah. I mean, it was gruesome. Football? I don't like f- football yeah. in the sand. Football in the sand. Um, he came down awkwardly. It essentially was an EA sponsored event that they were doing as part of the run up to the Pro Bowl. Mm-hmm. And it just like ruined. I mean, it yeah. absolutely ruined his career. He was done after that. Uh, I think he played for a couple more seasons, but he was never the same. I am someone who's like, you could just name an All Pro team at the end of the season, and I'd be fine with that. Just give them a bonus. I don't really need. I never really watch the Pro Bowl. No. But Ever. the thing is, the NFL wants something to fill that gap between the last, you know, the NFC and AFC championship games, another weekend, and then you have the Super Bowl. They want something that weekend. I'm telling you, just have on a dull weekend like that, throwing them in a series of games, let them compete, AFC versus NFC, who comes out on top, and a bunch of games they don't usually play. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of entertainment value in that. Be awesome. Don't make them too long because if they're too long, they'll get a little bit boring. Right. But if it's a whole bunch of different events, you could still have the skills competition. That could be still a competition, mm-hmm. but keep it AFC versus NFC. Still keep – that's the main ingredient. Make sure you have that competition value in it because that's where the athletes will take it more seriously when it's a – you know, somebody has bragging rights at the end of the day. Or maybe they could put something on it. You know, maybe money can go to charity or something. I don't know. How did I miss this trivia note? I forgot all about 1978. They did it uh, where it was the superstars competition, but they did it with, with super teams. In 78, they put the Cowboys against the Royals. Whoa. It ended in a tie. <laughs> because the, the tug of war was the last contest, and they couldn't get anything done. Getting Could not get it accomplished. 75-minute wow. match of tug of war. What? Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh my That's guys had to hurt. Yeah. Guys, well, I mean, come on, it was edited <laughs> for for viewing pleasure, but oh. oh my goodness. All right, you guys ready to get to number one song of the day? Yeah. Quick break, number one song of the day next. No, it's not Eminem. Oh, no. From 1989, Toy Soldiers by Martika. Two weeks at number one. Singer, songwriter, actress from Whittier, California. Hmm. The daughter of Cuban immigrants. They left Cuba during the revolution. Now, she was in many musical numbers as an actress, and she was even in Mr. T's motivational video, Be somebody or be somebody's fool. And from that video in 1984, she received a record deal. But she would fade from the public eye in 91, 92-ish after walking away from the music industry because she was just burnt out on being a big old superstar. She was so big, I'd ask Troy before we came on air how to pronounce her name. (laughs) I still but maybe around that time, she yeah, was I huge. still don't know how this became a number one song, much less a top 40 song. I mean, Martika, she, she was barely in music altogether. Two studio albums, as a solo artist, of mm-hmm. course. Two studio albums, 
four top 40 hits. This is her only number one. It's from her self-titled debut album. The song is about drug addiction and how drugs can tr- control your children. How they... Here, let me try that again. Yeah, boy. The song is about drug addiction and how drugs can control you like children control their toys. Metallica's Master of Puppets has a similar theme. Yeah, but that song kicks ass. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this song is horrible. Um, man, you know, that's a good, that's a good, you know, I like the sentiment behind it, but this song is just, I don't know, I don't get the idea of drugs. You know what I'm saying? Like, I find it odd when someone makes a song and then they come out and they say it's about something completely different than you thought it was. Like, the police. Every little breath you take, they're like, oh, that's about a stalker. That's about somebody stalking. Does the song come off like it sounds like a stalker? No, it's really light and like, every little breath you take, you know, like romantic. If, you, if you're watching a movie and there's a guy stalking somebody, the music isn't all nice and like romantic. It's like, you know, sorry, I'm just angry. Just angry today, Troy. I, I mean, what I was going to say was I've always kind of got that creepy feel from every... <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, every breath you take is kind of a creepy song. No, when the, the lyrics, yeah. when you really okay. listen to it, it does. It's it's creepy, but it's just the music doesn't match the the theme for me. The mu- the actual yeah. music is just it's come on, it's romantic. Sorry. So Martika, she said she wrote this song about a friend who was hooked on the cocaine. Oh boy, the booger sugar. But then she said later on in a VH1 interview that that friend conquered the addiction. Now, you hear, kinda, I guess, a background singer. That background singer is Stacy Ferguson. She was in Kids Incorporated with Martika, which is like a kids singing thing. Troy could maybe say something about that. I don't know anything about it. But Stacy Ferguson would later become... Fergie in the Black Eyed Peas. Oh! She sings background on this. No. Unbelievable. That's like the interesting thing about this. Song. Uh, Fergie was involved. All right, yep. That is very interesting. Martika. Eminem used this mm-hmm. in a sample of his song in yeah. 2005 called Light Toy Soldiers, but he sped it up. Yeah. He's like, this is too slow. I need to speed it up. Get to the point. His song's way better than this one. Uh, in March 2009, VH1 ran a countdown of the 100 greatest one-hit wonders of the 80s and put Toy Soldiers by Martika at number 67. The thing is, she had three other top 40 hits, so VH1 dropped the ball there on one-hit wonders. Maybe they needed another one. To get to 100. They're like, yeah, that, you know that one? Not 99 But the thing balloons, is, but, I think, oh, yeah. here's what they thought. They're like Martika. Can anybody out there honestly name another Martika song? Troy? No. And he's like the music genius The guy. Sloan would argue, but. Yeah. If he can't, nobody can. Because he had the first album. 537-1350, tell Sage another Martika song. And if you do, I will... I have nothing for him. I will I will shove you down into the rain because that is bad information. 
Didn't you have the um, Martika self-titled album? You bought uh, the no. first one. Oh come on! You, they didn't, I saw they had to you. give those away in box of Frosted Flakes. <laughs> Columbia House, anybody? Come on! You have ten CDs for a penny. I never did that. Did you? Did you get involved with that? Oh yeah. Was there a? Oh yeah. I had to just because. I mean, what was I going to do? Drive to Topeka to Music Land all the, the thing time? Is, I, I remember. No. I remember like getting those in the mail. Like you get a bunch of CDs for five cents or whatever. Never did it though. Cause, but was there never a catch? No. My mom told me they were going to ruin my credit, and I did BMG and Columbia House, and nobody ever came after me, man. Sorry to them. Shout out to BMG. I'm sorry. How could this company get away with selling 10 CDs for five cents? Racket. How's that even a how's that possible? Because they knew that out of the hundred people that didn't come, you know, like pay for it. There's that one sucker that'd be like, all right. But it was like, was the catch was like, all right, you buy these CDs. We're going to keep selling you all, send you stuff all in the mail every month. And you pay for a monthly subscription. And then you have to pick out like four CDs. Mm, to, to, yeah. And then they would just keep going and going. And, and if you didn't like what they sent, you could send it back and get a credit for the next one. That seems like the best deal in the world. <laughs> it was a great it's deal. It's insane how that even works. And then, out. especially if you just signed up and never paid them, <laughs> that was an even better deal because they couldn't get the CDs back from you. Hey, I want to awesome. sidetrack this because you had the Kids Incorporated thing. TV show, yeah. Did you uh, did you look and see who the stars on the show were besides Martika and Fergie? No, I didn't. Mario Lopez, whoa. Jennifer Love Hewitt, Eric Balfour, who was in Twenty Four. <laughs> the poor man's, <laughs> the yeah. poor man's Mickey, Mickey Mouse, Mouse Club. Club. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep. Uh huh. That's wow. some heavy hitters there, though. AC Slater in there, man. Yeah. Man, damn. Shout out to Mario Lopez. <laughs> and, and we'll see if you get this joke. Produced by KTEL Entertainment. No. <laughs> I don't get it. Uh, KTEL was a record label from the 80s that was known for doing like mashup. Oh. Or the or the collection of kids hits type of. Uh, yeah, those K-tel. kids bop songs or whatever, just yeah. garbage. Every, yeah. every one of them was trash. Mm. Not good. <laughs> I, I saw one. the infomercial. I'm like, people buy this crap. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All right. Here, let's see here. Um, quick break. I mean, just the quickest break you could possibly You've ever had imagine. Your life. And then DG's going to bring us some Ask Us Anything next. DG, take it away. Oh, boy. Today for Ask Us Anything, what's a band or artist that your parents or your grandparents or whoever helped raise you they thought was awesome and you thought stunk? All right. For me, it was my my mom was really cool. She had great musical taste. She's awesome, but she liked Ario Speedwagon. And I go, yeah, boy. Skip. So my dad was similar story. My dad, huge. Huge influence on me when it comes to the music I listen to and love, um, which is, of course, you know, hard rock, heavy metal, that, that kind of stuff. Yeah. But, uh, and I might get beat up for this afterwards. Might be a mob outside the station. <laughs> I know they just played a McCain, but my dad loves Kansas. Ooh. Got him tickets. My girlfriend got my parents tickets to go see Kansas Ooh. and McCain. 
I'm not a Kansas fan. Damn I know. I know. That's what? taboo. Oh, my. I could possibly get arrested. God, I might I kind of feel awkward in here right now. Troy the Sandler Sanch? brothers. <laughs> Good Lord. What the hell? Who are the Statler brothers? Ah, uh, not a country listener, see? Oh. Yeah. I've heard of them. I couldn't tell you a song. <laughs> Sage? Know. I really don't have anything. My parents have decent taste, and I grew up on classic rock, and I kind of like it all, so... You don't have one band or one. They don't. They come on. Not one that like specifically. I'm like, yes, that band. I mean, my parents didn't really listen to like. Is there a song you don't uh, like? Uh, I can't think of any off the top of my head. We'll we'll, we'll come back. There's got to be one. Okay. Hey, uh, what should you cheap out on? A lot of people are like, don't cheap out on tires. Don't cheap out on. Um, like clothes, stuff like that. What should you cheap out on? Medicine. OTC. You can skip out on that. Yeah, you can cheap Medicine out. to me, name brand or the generic stuff, it does the trick. Yeah. I don't think it matters. I Maybe am, it does. I just don't know, but to me it doesn't. I'm deathly afraid of buying um, off-brand. Are I you swear really? To God. Yeah, I, I know that it's the same. I know they have the same things in them. And it works the same in everything, and I get weirded out. The moment that I'm supposed to choose it, I go, well, I'll take NyQuil every time. They got me, baby. They got me. And it's going to depend on the medicine, by the way, that you have to take. Well, sure, but I'm talking like, you know, if I need to get rid of this headache. Aspirin, or do you go right. with the great value? Great value. Every time. Yeah. Ibuprofen or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Regular stuff. Sashay? Well, as a... Now, former college student, ah! I would say that um, you can cheap out on the books straight up. There are oh, some I... books that I didn't even bother to get, and some of them were falling apart. You know, it's not that big of a deal. I've never, I've never had the cojones to not buy the book. Me either. I was never that cool, but I would check them like nobody's business. Cause I, I, it took one time of me trying to bring them back, sell them back, and they go, oh, "I'll give you three dollars for that." I go, "No, thank you. I'm keeping. I'm keeping this." You, you don't. No, 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 no. So I checked it, but I, I always got them. The, the moron economics that I used to believe in, I'd go buy my books, and then I was always looking forward to the end of the semester. I, you know, I'm selling my books back. I'm getting that cash. I feel like I'm really winning the lottery. No, you doofus. No, You're losing money, losing. and then that money you should be spending on books the next semester, you've spent it all. Uh-huh. Shout out to Varney's. But my last semester, I learned, you know, if I just get on Amazon or something, <laughs> yeah. pour, pour one out much for cheaper. Big V, man. Big pour v. one out for Varney's. What the hell was that? You guys just set up your, you, you just head up your fist like you're going to fist pump, like, and they just no, they like just stayed home. Out, we're, we're pouring out, out the 40, one, man. Oh, you looked like you were gonna fist bump, and you never did. I've never <laughs> seen anybody mimic pouring one out. It's, for it's just something you say. You don't actually just pretend. Oh, well, I didn't know. <laughs> nice job, freshman. No show tomorrow. We're back on Thursday. Enjoy the cats tomorrow afternoon.